Welcome back to the Bama Online Podcast. This one on a Thursday afternoon, January the 20th, 2022. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL with you once again on the show. A lot to get into on the podcast today. We've got some football items that we're certainly going to want to bandy about. We've got some men's basketball to update following The Crimson Tide's much-needed three-point win over the LSU Tigers Wednesday night at Coleman Coliseum. That's four wins for Alabama, by the way, over Will Wade in a span of 366 days. Exactly one year to the day, a year ago, Alabama went to Baton Rouge and beat the Tigers by 30 on the road. Two more wins over LSU followed last season, and then... Another one on Wednesday night. So if Alabama could just play LSU every night, I'd be in pretty good shape. So we'll talk some basketball. Certainly a lot of football with you as well. Nick Saban, busy, busy man these days, burning up the recruiting trail with an emphasis probably more on the 2023 crop. But that's not stopping him from making moves where his coaching staff is concerned. Nick Saban, according to Steve Wiltfong, national recruiting analyst for us at 247sports.com, expected to be in to see Arch Manning on Friday. Speaking of 2023 targets, Arch, of course, the legacy of all legacies at the quarterback position over there in New Orleans. Maybe Nick will hit our personal favorite. Maybe some Giacomo's for dinner in the Carrollton district of Nolens coming up on Friday. But Saban also got an offer out to a 2022 tight end with the departure recently of Jalil Billingsley, Alabama, needing some help probably with those tight end numbers. And maybe Danny Lewis from the aforementioned state of Louisiana, maybe he's going to be that guy. Lewis was previously committed to Cincinnati. He has since opened things back up, had a big performance in a state championship game. Uh, that he participated in last month in New Orleans. Uh, Danny Lewis, a three-star tight end, expected in Tuscaloosa this weekend on an official visit. He has picked up offers from LSU and Alabama here in the last week, and also Billy Napier with his ties to the state of Louisiana, the newly hired head coach at Florida, expected to be a factor with Danny Lewis as well. You'll want to keep it locked to BamaOnline.com, of course. Hank Sal, Tim Watts, our recruiting staff, does an outstanding job keeping you abreast of all the happenings on the recruiting trail, and we'll do that, continue to do that for you at BOL. As far as the coaching staff goes, on Wednesday, BOL confirmed reports that a couple of expected hires were on the way and Coleman Hutzler, previously of Ole Miss, Coleman, a special teams coach throughout his career as an assistant, again, most recently for Lane Kiffin over at Ole Miss. Now, according to Coleman Hutzler's Twitter account on Wednesday, uh, he's also going to have some responsibilities involving the outside linebacker position, which raised more than a few eyebrows when you consider that Sal Sanceri, a assistant coach, a part of four national championship teams and two different stints at Alabama under Nick Saban, of course, has handled those duties with the outside linebackers. Uh, we'll continue to wait and see how that's all going to play out. Sal at 62 years of age, not exactly 
not exactly ancient in today's coaching era. You see guys, look at Nick Saban, 70 years old, but you know we'll see how that plays out with Sal. Maybe Sal's going to become sort of the uh, Joe Pendry of defense. Maybe something like that's in the in the offing for Sal Sanceri. We still are awaiting something more official uh, from UA in terms of how the staff is going to shake out. And also, Drew Svoboda handled special teams during the 2021 season for Alabama. Now he also coaches a tight end, so could be that he's going to maintain those duties and Hutzler is going to become more of the primary boss for special teams. Svoboda, kind of a tough situation that he walked into, if we're being fair here. As you recall, it was Svoboda that was summoned from Rice to take over tight ends and special teams after Jay Graham left the program shortly into his tenure with the Crimson Tide back in spring drills of 2021. And when you look at special teams as a whole, I think putting it nicely would be a mixed bag for 2021. You did have some explosive plays courtesy of Jamison Williams on kickoff returns. You had a few flashes of promise in the punt return game, but probably too many muffs. Uh, with a couple of those happening down the stretch of the 2021 season on punt returns. You had a game-changing kickoff return for a touchdown by Texas A&M in one of Alabama's two losses in the 2021 campaign. Will Reichard was solid on field goals and extra points, but even in that area of special teams, you had to make a change at Holder. You had the occasional issue between snapper and Holder. Uh, kickoff coverage wasn't always, as we just mentioned, what it should have been. You had some kickoffs out of bounds. These in general were too much of an issue for Alabama special teams. Uh, punting, once again, right at the bottom of the SEC standings for the, well, really, for the fourth time since J.K. Scott last launched a bomb for the Crimson Tide. You saw Alabama near the bottom of those standings think about the sort of situations that Hutzler might be inheriting. I think with Will Reichert, he's taking on one of the best kickers in the SEC and perhaps all of college football. Uh, Need to get some return specialists or some return options finalized. Maybe JoJo Earl is going to be that guy on punt return, still considering some guys post Jamison Williams on kickoff returns. And then you think about, really, the outside linebacker position, regardless of who is in charge of that spot, that is a sweet, sweet setup. Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell need to continue to develop depth there, especially with Drew Sanders moving on to Arkansas, Keem Wakuda moving on to Arkansas State, Christopher Allen moving on to the NFL Draft. You know, since 2017... We've been reminded pretty much on an annual basis how much injuries can impact the outside linebacker position, and that was the case once again in 2021 with, first and foremost, the injury to Christopher Allen in the season opening win over Miami, followed soon thereafter by his replacement, Drew Sanders. Thankfully, Alabama had emulated enough quality depth with Dallas Turner as a true freshman, Chris Braswell as a second-year player, uh, that they were able to sort of overcome all that. But when you look at Hutzler as a recruiter, his background, he's worked in the Mid-Atlantic during his time at South Carolina primarily. He's also worked in the state of Texas, had a brief stint with the Longhorns under Tom Herman. 
and the ties to the Southeastern Conference in general via South Carolina and Ole Miss specifically. And when you consider Hutzler's time at South Carolina, you're also reminded that he has spent time on a staff with another hire that we've heard about for Alabama here in the last couple of days, Traveris Robinson. Those two guys worked under Will Muschamp at South Carolina. Deep ties also for Traveris Robinson, considered to be a key, key hire for the Alabama secondary. Spent the 2021 season at Miami. Again, long, heavy, deep ties to the Southeastern Conference as a former All-SEC player at Auburn nearly 20 years ago for T-Rob. And more specifically, his ties to his native South Florida with an emphasis on Dade County and Miami. And this is another guy in Traveris Robinson that has coordinator background uh, with that, mostly at South Carolina. Also did a really good job as a secondary coach at Florida under Will Muschamp and followed Muschamp to Auburn for a season in 2015 before becoming Will's defensive coordinator at South Carolina for five seasons from 2016 and 2020 uh you think about if it is in fact a scenario where Traveris Robinson's going to work with corners not a bad group he's inheriting with Kool-Aid McKinstry coming back for a second season same expected for Kyrie Jackson the junior college transfer you've got Jacquez Robinson a guy who has been in the program now for a couple of years and you even have an incoming freshman in Traquan Fagans, who was committed to Robinson and Miami before flipping to Alabama in the current recruiting period. Earl Little Jr., speaking of South Florida and those ties in the cornerback position, he's another outstanding prospect set to hit campus in the summer. And that's before you talk about LSU transfer Eli Ricks. So, Not a bad group to walk in with, not a lot in terms of game experience, but certainly plenty in the way of talent. Otherwise, for the Alabama coaching staff, there's been considerable intrigue surrounding Bill O'Brien and what might be next for O'Brien following his first season as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Alabama. O'Brien, one week ago today, interviewed with the Jacksonville Jaguars for its head coach opening. But there's a sense coming out of Jacksonville that the Jags will likely go with either a sitting NFL offensive coordinator, maybe a defensive guy if it's Todd Bowles of the Bucks, someone like that, or perhaps a former head coach other than Bill O'Brien in the National Football League, like a Doug Peterson, like a Jim Caldwell. And look, there's also still... The potential for OC openings around the league as teams continue to transition through changes either at the top with the head coach spot or even at the coordinator level. So in other words, some dominoes that could still be in play. You could still have a big domino at the college level with Michigan if the reports about Jim Harbaugh and his fascination with that opening in Las Vegas with the Raiders proves to be true. Who knows how things could continue to develop even at the college level. As we continue to monitor things on a daily basis at BamaOnline.com in the way of roster developments, no new portal entrants for Alabama since our last podcast. We did learn on Thursday that former Alabama 
Offensive lineman Tommy Brown has found his new home at the University of Colorado in the Pac-12, and maybe some familiarity coming into play there with William Vlahos, the former Alabama center and outstanding player during the early stages of the Nick Saban era in Tuscaloosa, also a former staff member at Alabama. William Vlahos now on staff at CU, so Tommy Brown heading a little bit closer to home out to Boulder, Colorado. Speaking of offensive linemen types and Alabama, we learned in the last couple of days that Kendall Randolph going to be returning to Alabama, Chris Owen style as a super senior, really benefits Alabama, the return of Randolph in terms of depth options at a couple of different spots and Kendall Randolph you're talking about a guy who has played pretty much across the offensive line specifically the guard and tackle positions and then also as a valuable piece uh, depth wise at tight end he's actually made a handful of starts at tight end throughout his career uh, at UA and it's also a veteran presence for a team that continues to go through a period of transition with that intangibly on the offensive side of the ball. Now, Bryce Young coming back as your starting quarterback, that helps a lot uh, with that aspect of leadership and those type of things. And you're really looking at some interesting moves around the Southeastern Conference in general here in the last couple of days. Stetson Bennett at Georgia says he'll be back for another year. Uh, The Georgia defense getting multiple veterans back, including outside linebacker Nolan Smith. Now, you know, some departures for Georgia defensively, similar to Alabama uh, in terms of that defense. But I did find it interesting with Georgia, not to get too far off track here, but almost simultaneous to the news that Stetson Bennett would be coming back and that JT Daniels would not be returning to Georgia. Daniels hitting the transfer portal. That pretty much told you, gave you the tip about 15 or 20 minutes in advance of Stetson going public on Instagram with his decision, but also a Georgia wide receiver hitting the portal on Wednesday and Jermaine Burton. Now, you know, even with George Pickens off to the NFL and Burton apparently moving on. Georgia should be a lot healthier at wide receiver in 2022. That being said, Jermaine Burton has been a very productive guy in two seasons for the Bulldogs, averaging nearly 20 yards per catch in 2021 on 26 grabs with five of those going for touchdowns. You figure with Stetson Bennett back, maybe that would be attractive to Jermaine Burton. But then you also consider Georgia's likely to continue to be tight and heavy with Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. You know, Burton ranked second on the team in receiving, but it was Bowers who more than doubled Burton in terms of receptions and receiving yards during the recently completed season. And Bowers, of course, also had those 13 receiving touchdowns. So why don't we talk this much about Jermaine Burton? Well, thought it was interesting that 24-7 Sports National College Football writer Chris Hummer, upon the news of Burton's decision to hit the transfer portal, Chris mentioned Alabama uh, at the top of the uh, potential landing spots, or first among the spots that Chris Hummer mentioned via a tweet on Wednesday. You know, and I could see that for Alabama with Burton from a John Mechie-like perspective. Burton is a good route runner. He's instinctive. And like Mechie, he would likely do well 
when Bryce Young looks to extend plays. Now, Burton was more of a yards-per-catch guy for Georgia, but I could definitely see him handling the kind of volume that Mechie took on in 2021. Is Jermaine Burton a true X-type on the outside? I'm not sure about that, but in Ja'Cory Brooks and Ajay Hall, Alabama should have some other guys who can handle more of that kind of role in 2022. What Jermaine Burton is, is a guy you can move around, you can work him inside or outside, and he'll also bring some physicality to the position, which you're going to miss some of that from John Mechie and what he gave you over these last three seasons. And also, Jermaine Burton is another one of these West Coast guys, like Bryce Young, like Bryce Young's pal, Trayshawn Holden. So we'll see where this goes. And you've also got, obviously, Lincoln Riley back now in the LA area at Uh, Southern California, so a lot of possibilities, I would think, in play for Jermaine Burton, but as needed, we'll update you on that and everything else as it relates to the transfer portal and the Alabama Crimson Tide right there at BamaOnline.com. All right, so let's get into some hoops talk where Alabama snapped a three-game losing streak with a harrowing 70-67 win over number 13 LSU at Coleman Coliseum Wednesday night. Some notable items on the ball for both teams in this one as J.D. Davison got the start at point guard in place of Javon Quinterly. And then you didn't have Xavier Pinson, the Missouri transfer, in the game for LSU. Now, Alabama gets a combined 55 points from Jaden Shackelford, Quinterly, and Keon Ellis. And after making 7 of 19 attempts in the first half from three-point range, Crimson Tide proceeds to go 0 for 15 from three in the second half to finish 7 of 34 for the game. Again, Alabama comes up short of double-digit makes from three in an SEC game. Alabama did continue a prolific stretch from the free throw line, making 32 trips to the stripe on its way to outscoring LSU 21 to 9 from the line, making some of those free throws and in-game execution in general continued to be problematic. But Keon Ellis hits a couple of big free throws late to put LSU in desperation mode. And thankfully, thankfully, Alabama didn't foul on the final shot by LSU and was able to get out of Wednesday night's game with a three-point win. Alabama now 12-6 and overall. 3-3 in the SEC, fourth win this season for Alabama over a top 15 team. And now, I guaranteed this with Tim Watts the other day, didn't I? I guaranteed a three-game winning streak starting with LSU on Wednesday night. Well, I'm obviously going to stick with it with Missouri coming to town on Saturday and then a road trip midweek to Georgia to round out those three games. Chance to get a couple of games to the good in the league before that dawning three-game stretch of Baylor, Auburn, and Kentucky rolls around. Speaking of Missouri making the return trip to Tuscaloosa, Alabama fell to the Tigers 92-86 in Como just a couple of Saturdays ago. Missouri at 2-3 and three in the league and 8-9 and nine overall. The Tigers are 1-4 and four on the road this season, but that one win came just a couple of nights ago as Mizzou just thumped Ole Miss in Oxford. 78-53, Missouri Post and Huntsville native 
Kobe Brown busted up the interior of the Alabama defense in round one this season, going for 30 points and 13 rebounds. Just as problematic was the fact that Brown wasn't alone in having a big game in that one. Three other Tigers starters had 15 or more in the win. And the fourth Missouri starter to go along with Brown and the three other guys had nine points. Now, Brown figures to be a problem once again on Saturday, but you've got to keep the damage from extending to three or four other options when we're talking about the league's lowest scoring outfit in the Missouri Tigers. Tip off on Saturday evening set for 5 Central. The game from Coleman Coliseum will air on the SEC Network. The SEC as a whole at this point, you've got one undefeated team in SEC play in Auburn at 6-0, and you've got 11 teams with two or more league losses. Big one on the Plains Saturday afternoon as Kentucky travels to Auburn for the league lead. That's what's going to be at stake between those two. The Cats got a big, Kentucky got a big road win. Wednesday night, coming back to knock off Texas A&M in College Station. And we're going to have it covered for you. Alabama basketball, Alabama football recruiting, coaching news, coaching talk, personnel talk, everything. All those things covered for you at BamaOnline.com. So come hang out with us on the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the world. That, of course, being the roundtable message board at BamaOnline.com. And if you haven't subscribed to this here podcast, we would certainly appreciate it if you would do so. Simple as a click or two. And if you would leave us a rating and a review while you're there, we would appreciate that as well. Travis Ryder, thanking you once again for joining us here on the Bama Online Podcast. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.